The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Andrew Greenberg is the executive director of the Georgia Game Developers Association and he also serves as a mentor to many independent game developers. And he's with us here just now. How are you doing? Doing great. Great. Thanks for having me on the show. Sorry I don't have a good South London accent, but I'll try and do a Southern US accent for you. Yeah, that's a good idea. So you're the executive director of the Georgia Games Developers Association. What do you guys do? We're the public face of the game industry in Georgia. So Georgia has grown significantly since we've been around. We started in 2005. There are five studios in the entire state. Now we have more than 160. Some of them are very large studios, high-res studios, which does Smite, Paladins, Rogue Company, very uh, well-known esports titles, Tripwire Interactive that does um, Killing Floor, Red Orchestra, Great World War II, Sims, Cartoon Network Game Studio, Adult Swim Game Studio, Ubisoft has a group here uh so i represent us uh, before the government i help build the industry here we try and get more skills into everybody's hands for doing uh, game dev with tools like unity or unreal or getting them into art tools of all types we work with the schools here we run an esports program called the georgia esports league yeah uh, and we live stream. We just did a great stream last night with a couple indie devs here showing off their new game, Looking for Heels. Wow, that's a lot of stuff that you do. Why is a trade association needed for game development in Georgia? I wish we'd had it when I was more active as a game developer. So I started in 90 as a game developer, um, back when you were first getting out of college and first starting your, your radio internet show. <laughs> so in 1990, started doing games, had my own studio, Holistic Design through the mid-90s and into the aughts. We did some very fun games, Warhammer 40K, Final Liberation, yeah. Emperor of the Fading Suns, Mall Tycoon. But um, there was no real support network here for us. And when we had a big economic crash uh, around 2000 yeah. uh, here in the U.S., and of course, worldwide recession, the publishers couldn't support us the way we had. Yeah. And there was no active group here that could really take its place. And uh, figured that had to change. So by 2005, I started to... A convention here, the Southern Interactive Entertainment and Game Expo. Last year's keynote was Will Wright. We've had a lot of Nolan Bushnell, the guy who founded Computer Games, is one of our keynotes and so forth. Built that up and uh, worked on the association, began running that in 2012. We've got more than 600 members around the state. Like I said, there are a lot of studios here doing it. And now that supportive network that I wish had been here when I was in my heyday of development exists yeah. for developers and they can find people to come help them just finding talent here. 
back in the mid 90s was impossible finding good coders good artists we'd have to get good artists from california now tons of them coming out of the schools here working on tv games and much much more yeah and i guess are there lots more people interested in games development these days now that technology is completely boomed than there were back when you first started definitely the case you hit the hit it right on the nose it used to be when i was young that getting into nasa going to space that was kind of why people got into technology they had that yeah. desire to go to space now it's the desire to make games or to play them mm. you, if you're gonna be really good at esports you need to understand the technology behind it so it's great that we're seeing all these pathways now into a technical education yeah and how far do you feel games have come is it just the graphics of them or is it other things that have progressed because i suppose you know the way they look is what a lot of people might notice about them first but is the kind of more behind the scenes stuff developed as well oh absolutely and it's amazing to see so unreal is showing these people who look like people but you look like a game like fortnite looks like a fun shooter but then they do these massive events with millions of people at the same time oh, yeah. online these events are bigger than anything that happens physically in the world suddenly games you and I have known for a long time that games are a social medium, that it's, it's a yeah. great way to, re to get together other people. Now it's so apparent to everybody. You can have millions of people online at the same time doing the same activity, interacting with each other. This is, mm -hmm. games are, are so much more than they ever were before. The indie scene, the, the indie games out right now are just so incredible. Every time I look at some new great indie game, it's like, wow, this would have been game of the year 10 years ago. Yeah. Now it's another great indie game. Yeah. Uh, just such amazing emotional depth, such amazing characters now. The fact that there are dating sim games which are amazingly emotionally uh, resonant with people, look good, play well, that was nothing like that 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. The, the game landscape is, is so amazing right now. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned that it's a kind of social experience because a lot of people would argue that being on a computer playing games all day is antisocial. But I suppose, especially in this last year alone, there's been a lot of young people where playing games online is kind of the only interaction they've had with their friends that they haven't seen for so long. And it's not just their friends. So one of the amazing things I love to see is this intergenerational play mm. where grandparents who might have like a two minute phone call with a kid once a week who's across the country or uh, maybe in Brighton versus uh, uh, York or something like that yeah. will instead uh, be in a game with them for hours having real quality time with their grandchildren. Parents are engaging with their kids the same way during uh, COVID. Divorced parents have this great relationship. It's not just maybe I'll see them on the weekend. It's I get to be with them in some capacity every night. And parents are seeing what kids have known now for the past decade is that that social interaction when you're gaming with someone is as deep as any real personal in your face uh, on the ground interaction. Yeah. And do you think that even though it is a good social experience for younger children, perhaps there should still be kind of limits on it? Well, one thing that's undeniable is you will game nicer with people you know in real life than people you don't know. As yeah. soon as there is that, uh, as soon as that other person is real to you, you're not going to be as much of an idiot online with it. We can all be a troll at some point. There's no denying that. Mm. It's a fact of games. We recognize that everybody is it at some point. But 
when you have game, you, when you know that person face to face, you're not going to be the complete idiot. I started a group called N2 Esports for tweens to get into esports with that focus. You get them together in the same place. Not only does their social interaction improve, their social ability, their teamwork, but their game playing improves because now they're really motivated to be better than their friends, not just some anonymous uh, nutball off in the ether somewhere. Yes, exactly. That's true. So I take it that because you mentor people that you also kind of develop games yourself. That's right. My first game was a tabletop game called Vampire the Masquerade, released that in 90. Uh, the, my Fading Suns line is probably the best known right now. We're going on our fourth edition, just came out from a group called Ulysses uh, Spiel, Ulysses International, Emperor the Fading Suns is back up on good old games. A lot of my older titles are back in development right now. It was very funny. I used to do these grand strategy games. Merchant Prince, you traveled the world, kind of like Marco Polo, you were the Medici's, you got into Venetian politics, massive world-spanning game, and the most successful one I ever did was Multicoon, you build them all. Mm, nice. But we put in a lot of depth, people could manipulate kind of every level, you could change every aspect of PR, marketing, sales, etc. So people really got into it, enjoyed the depth of it. So Yeah, so what's it like to actually be a games developer? Is it fun? Uh, it is, and in many ways, creating things I find even more satisfying than playing the games themselves. Yeah. That, that act of creation, anyone who does a podcast knows just how satisfying when that last edit is done, yeah. you've got that real thing, you hear, oh, wow, I have made this. That's always satisfying. It's great to see my games up on, uh, I'm, I'm dating myself now, electronic boutique software, et cetera, to see the boxes actually in the stores, now to see the Steam pages and so on that that yeah. satisfaction that comes from making something that others will enjoy it is wonderful yeah and although i suppose the idea of it is fun and the end product gives you that satisfaction uh, there are still parts along the way that are maybe a bit tedious and repetitive there are no parts that are a bit tedious they're all a lot tedious yeah there's a lot of uh, head banging about it. I, I joke about this to uh, kids who want to get into quality assurance, game testing, play testing. Mm. Yes, you think it's playing games all day, but what it really is, is you have a new level. Now you have to walk into every wall to make sure you don't go through that wall at some point and fall through the earth. You have to do everything stupid that you would never do in a game because some players somewhere will do it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And if yeah. you miss that stupid thing, it's going to show up on the internet in a hilarious uh, vod that someone's going to be showing and rack up a million views overnight. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So what actually made you want to get into games development? Because you're not nine. So when you were younger, games weren't as big as they are now. That's right. That's right. Well, I was actually, when I got out of college, I got a job as a reporter covering lawyers for a legal mm. affairs newspaper. I was covering law firms and court cases. So I was writing about lawyers all day. And then I started writing about vampires. And I just found the vampires a better class of people. So I yeah. stuck with it. And kept going. It was, it was interesting. It was a it was a great transition. I've been covering politics and law, and uh, met up with these folks working on this vampire game, and it just became a perfect uh, uh, mix of skills. Yeah. Just kept going from there. Yeah, absolutely. And when somebody becomes a game developer, how much can they expect to earn? Is it a lot of money, or are most people that are starting out not earning as much as they might dream of? So we do an annual study here in Georgia, and in Georgia, the average salary is uh, over $70,000 a year. Wow. I don't know what that's translating into pounds right now. I think that's still decent in pounds. Still decent in pounds. Yeah. Uh, California, with a higher cost of living, does have a higher average wage uh, per capita we have um, some of our members have made huge amounts uh, from games being these some of our bear studios as well as some of our indie game folks we have a group called puzzles by Joe here does a fun game called clutter uh, he's he doesn't hide his numbers at, at all he pulls in six figures every single year wow. because he's got these great little hidden object games that are a lot of fun and he's built up a devoted community that supports yeah. him on what he's doing and it's a uh, it's a good living to make good games. Now, on the other hand, a lot of indies are making next to nothing. You can yeah. put something up on Steam and almost never pull in uh, anything. I'm fortunate to have a back catalog of games that can support me. It's harder to build that these days. When I work, started working, we had publishers who would fund us. Now the publishers will support your marketing, but it's hard to get publishers to actually fund your development. Yeah, and I guess gaming is maybe one of those industries where for some people, they're doing it as a hobby. They're not really doing it for money, whereas, you know, there's some professions that nobody would ever do for a hobby. <laughs> Garbage man is a hobby. I very yeah. much appreciate the people who pick up my my uh, bins every day or every yeah. week. Um, absolutely. Uh, and the, the passion projects are some of the best, but they're also some of the least polished because those yeah. folks, people are focusing on what they love about the game and all those other parts, to heck with them. But they're yeah. still, they can still be a great deal of fun and some great uh, indie games have, have come out of that. But for them, yeah, it's fine if the game only gets played by 100 people. Hmm. That's not a problem. And uh, they've, they've made what they want to make. They really picked up a, a skill set. I mean, working on games is an educative experience every single time every time you make games you will learn new things like the great thing about yeah. making games different from databases or bank software or whatever you're making the computer do something different from how anyone else has ever made it do things 
So you'll always learn a lot of wrong ways to do things. Yeah. It's an important experience. Yeah, for sure. And then when you finish a game, how do you go about kind of distributing it and making people able to get it and make money from it? Because I'm assuming maybe it's a bit like pitching a film or pitching a book. You have to kind of give it to a type of publisher, perhaps. That used to be the way, and that was certainly my way. So I love the fact that I could work with publishers, be head down for a year or two, come up with this product, I'm done with it, hand to the publisher. Yeah. Maybe I'd make one patch, I'd put it in stores, I'd be gone, royalties would come in, and I'd be off making the next game. You can't do that anymore. I wish uh, it worked like that. You can still work with publishers, but the game developers who want to have economic success have to be very involved with that community. But getting back to that uh, topic of community again, it used to be in my day, in my day, games were very much about making that game you thought everyone wanted to play. Now it's to make that community experience that's going to engage as many people as possible because your best marketing comes from your players. It's yeah. those players saying, you need to play this. You live streamers, you need to play this. For live streamers saying, I love this. All of you need to play it. Uh, the best games now are about building the best community you can as opposed to necessarily the best game you can. And I think that's yeah. a great a great trend. They, they, it should be a community so when we launch games now instead of trying to get them into um, the department stores and the game stores we're trying to get it up on steam the unreal store oh, yeah. uh, is a good one there's another one called itch.io my games are also up on uh, gog used to be good old games yeah. now it's gog.com uh, you look for my emperor the fading suns and uh, machiavelli the prince game up there uh, and you need to get the word out it's up mm -hmm. to those indie developers or even the the large scale developers themselves to get the word out get that community pushing it the team that we were talking with last night on our own live stream had had their game in what's called steam early access for two years before they finally released find they finally released it to the public wow. with the idea being they were fixing it changing it, and listening to the community constantly about what they wanted and now that community is what's pushing out the word about that their games twitter instagram facebook even linkedin mm. all of them play major roles i enjoy live streaming so i really encourage game devs to stream their games get people seeing how yeah. much fun it can be and that uh, makes a big difference yeah and it's interesting you mentioned steam is gaming more popular on computers or on like xboxes and playstations these days yes so <laughs> <laughs> obviously there are more games up on PC yeah. than you'll ever see on consoles. On the other hand, the amount of time that's being played on them, very debatable, especially now that you can take your Switch everywhere you go. Uh -huh. um, and uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the mobile, you got to add mobile on into the equation too. There's some oh, yeah. studies I've shown that so mobile is doing more time than any of them. And some games make a lot on mobile, but mobile as a whole is not the same spend as you'll see on yeah. consoles and uh, PC. So it really depends what your measurement is. The time spent, the people involved, the people involved PC wins. Mm. The money spent, it goes back and forth. Console can often be that. Uh, and um, yeah, and then I do like the fact that you can do different games in different ways on different machines and build different communities accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of time on mobile games, when you get something from the app store, it's just a really cheaply made thing with loads of ads. And to actually have a good game, you have to get one of the paid ones. 
and I like seeing that. I would love to see more people willing to pay for good games yeah. on mobile. But I I understand how few people want to pay for mobile, and thus you see the ads in them. Yeah, I guess it's not really worth having this small screen either. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of fun games that it's hard to deal with that uh, real estate. Yeah. The screen real estate. Absolutely. Well, where are we able to check out the Georgia Game Developers Association? We are ggda.org, Georgia Game Developers Association.org. Lots of information about events and games. Uh, my own company is holistic design.com. Mm. You can follow me on Twitter as H D I A N D R E W. And for all of you who want to become game devs on YouTube, we have about 400 free videos on all aspects of game development. Go to YouTube slash Georgia game devs d-e-v-s and you'll see playlists on programming design audio the business side oh. much much more esports that uh, can teach you all sorts of aspects we've got engine tutorials and more so check them all out yeah great well thank you very much for coming on the show today it's been very interesting to talk to you and thanks for flying me out to england for this interview appreciate it <laughs> 